This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. What is Quasis Ubuntu? Well, Quasis Ubuntu is a Christian mission. They, um, they're in the Kranskop area, it's close to Great Town and Stanger in KwaZulu Natal. Arlo Stegen was called to work among the Zulu nations when he was about 17 years old, it's long before I was born, in 1953. So he started his ministry there, and his main uh, his calling was to evangelize the Zulu nation. Um, so in 1966, they experienced a revival. And after that, his ministry grew exponentially, and they had to purchase a, a piece of land, which now is Kwasi Sabantu. And that was in 1971, uh, and he continued his ministry there. He then grew into the biggest, one of the biggest missions in Africa. And uh, I just want to tell you a little bit more because it's not only in KwaZulu-Natal, they have a few branches across South Africa, in Fransuk, there's one in Marmesbury, in Pretoria, etc., and also abroad. But um, what Adler Stegen said, he's, he's a farmer, by the way, so from the beginning he said, I want to build a sustainable mission. And he did that with agricultural projects. They discovered water, which they bottled, is a Quelle branch, a, a brand, etc. etc. So um, it's really one of the biggest and most beautiful um, missions that, that I've seen in my lifetime. And I have been to many. For many, many years, the, the, the missionary didn't grow much. Uh, the people would come from all over the area. Uh, we're talking about the Zulu people now. They came and they would uh, be converted and then they go back to, you know, their old ways. And then uh, the revival happened uh, after a specific incident, which is described in the book and in other books as well. I don't want to dwell on, dwell on that. And after that, the, the people just came in their thousands. And the ministry, uh, at that time, he had a, his ministry in a, a abandoned cow shed. Which, which they fixed up for, for his ministry work. So obviously then it became too small and uh, they started Kwasi Zabantu. I just want to check my date again in 1971. It's almost uh, 53 years now. Yeah, and just, just for clarity, so it's located a, 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 about an hour and a half, two hours drive north of Durban. Yes, uh, it's about an hour's drive also from Balitu. It takes normally right. an hour uh, because of the roads, etc. It mm. takes an, more, almost an hour to go to Belitu. And it's it's quite literally on the border of Zululand. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, just to correct you, it's almost two hours because I went to the uh, book fair in Durban and it took us almost two hours from Kwasisabantu to, to Durban. And it was early morning, so there was not a lot of traffic. Why does Kwasisabantu matter? Why are we talking about it? Because of the work that they're doing amongst the community. I tell you, the work that they are doing, uh, like I said, Alice Stegen is not only a farmer uh, by, by heart, he's also a visionary. So he said from day one, he wants to build a sustainable mission. He doesn't want to beg for money. And he also, by the way, don't take uh, collections after church services. So he had found a way to maintain the ministry work, the humanitarian work that they do, the projects that they do. And also they feed the community after church services and also the workers at Kwasi Zabantu, um, they get their meals three times a day. And that's about uh, uh, at any given time, average uh, thousand workers per day. Kwasi Zabantu is sort of like a self-sustaining farm with all its own things on it uh, it's i think it's around about correct me if i'm wrong it's about around about 520 or 25 hectares and it has its own school it has its own radio station it has its own yes. shop it has its yes. own coffee shop uh, teachers training yes. college um, and also yes. the lo the largest bottled water company aquile in south africa yeah, it's not sort of sustainable. It is definitely sustainable. They have a pasta factory. They have a bakery. They have a shop at Kwasisabantu for the um, for the uh, uh, immediate communities. 
they have uh, uh, this the, they are currently the uh, one of the biggest uh, sweet pepper producers in the country they have avocados uh, export quality avocados um, dragon fruit all sorts of fruit and vegetables so it's a, a, a variety of farming projects that they implemented and maintained over the years beekeeping I can keep you busy for an hour just on that topic. Mm, I believe just the avos alone are something like 57,000 trees. Yeah. Gerda, please explain to me, why do they have all the stuff? That is to pay for the ministry work. That is to pay for the humanitarian work. Every time there's a disaster somewhere, like for instance last year, uh, the floodings, etc., they help the communities with, with the money that they generate from all these projects. They have youth conferences twice a year. Um, uh, when I did my research for my book, I've attended two of them, and there were thousands and thousands of youth um, going there for a week. They actually transport them from all across South Africa, even as far as Swaziland. They bring the youth to Kwasizabandu. It takes them an hour, uh, a week. Uh, uh, and then they have the conference for a week. They are accommodated there. They uh, have th uh, meals there, um, everything for free. And then they take them back, transport mm. for free as well. And they doing that December, they're going to um, have the 50th anniversary of the youth conferences. They also have, if I may, every second year, they have a, a conference for uh, Christian leaders across South Africa and abroad. They have so many projects, cleanup projects. They've done over 60 cleanup projects over the last two to three years in the communities. Uh, they work with municipalities, they work with local uh, organizations, and they clean up uh, neglected areas. I don't have to tell you about our country's um, mm. logistics and stuff. Uh, we all know that. So there are so many humanitarian projects that they do, outreaches to the community. They have, uh, in the agricultural projects, they have over 40 local farmers that they give them avocados, they help them with bee farming, they help them um, once it's harvested, they help them to market and to sell the projects, and the money goes back to the farmer. So there are... They are doing tremendous, tremendous work in the community. You mentioned Erlo Stegen. He's the reverend who started Kwasi Zubantu. He's still alive, but he's very old and sick, isn't he? Uh, he's very frail at the moment. Yes, he is. So he's not active. And and, and I'm, the reason why I'm saying that is because, and we'll come to this later, but they've been accused of being a cult, but he's not a cult leader. No, definitely not. Uh, in the first place, over the years, they have shared, he has shared the pulpit in his church with numerous thousands, to be exact, um, uh, preachers from all over the world in different denominations. A cult leader does not do that. And um, during this, the, the youth conference, the minister's conference, but also the Sunday conference, the Sunday um, uh, services, so that's a, a cult leader doesn't do that. And on, on top of that, uh, he usually he regularly invites people to visit the mission, the media, everybody. You don't do that if you're a cult leader because mm -hmm. you keep things, things secret, as you know, like you want to keep things secret. How is Kwasazabantu structured? Um, they've got a trust and then they have different businesses. For instance, Mzeni farming, they are responsible for uh, the agriculture projects. And then uh, the Aquile water is uh, Ikamanzi spring. I can't um, pronounce all the Zulu words, but each and every of the pro each and every of the projects has got a good structure. But Kwasi Zabantu itself is run by trust. And just for clarity, Kwasi Zabantu, it's Zulu and it, and it means, correct me if I'm wrong, it means the place where we help people. Yes, the place where people are helped. And they are truly helped. I know there's a lot of nonsense out there, but it's really a place where people are helped. They've got the SIPSA program. We forgot to mention that. Um, uh, so far, they've already uh, taken 
helped 18,900 um, abusers of different kinds, drug abusers, alcohol abusers, uh, pornography, um, uh, all those sort of uh, addictions. They help them. Uh, they put them in the program. If they have to finish their high school, they help them with that. They even um, uh, transfer skills to them. They train them. Um, they even give them work. I had over a f over 50 interviews with some of those people, and their stories are just magnificent to tell. You're the author of a newly published book about them. This is the book. Can you see it? Yes. The name of the book is A Journey to the Truth, a case of Kwasi Sabantu mission. And um, it's an expose. Uh, on the front cover, it says, an expose or sensationalism, you decide. I didn't want to decide for my, for my reader. I gave them the facts, which I've researched almost three years, uh, based on my experience as a communicate, uh, communicator, uh, communication expert. I've worked with the media for more than 30 years. I know exactly what's going on in the world of the media. And I also write endless stories to different good news publications. So in 2020, I retired from the city of Twani after 30 years. And I decided to research an ethical journalism, fake news, because uh, I got so fed up with all the fake news and um, the unethical, uh, the lack of ethics in mainstream media, particularly. So I wanted to do my doctorate on that. And obviously, uh, because of COVID, COVID, everything was interrupted. But somebody called me and said, if you want a good case study, uh, uh, go visit Kwasi Sabantu and specifically check out the News 24 onslaught on them, which I did. So the rest is history. The book is all about specifically how the mainstream media um, mistreated Kwasi Sabantu, but particularly News 24, because the onslaught is still ongoing after three years. That shows to me a red flag of having an agenda. Uh, well, there were so many allegations because every time somebody wrote something, the allegations grew. But originally it started with money laundering. So the instigators reported money laundering um, complaints at several organizations. Uh, they didn't make any progress. So they went on social media. Remember, I told you it was during the pandemic. Everybody went on social media. People were locked up in their own houses and they got bored. So they jumped on social media. So these guys and women said, please, if you have any issue with Kwasi's about to come forwards because we are busy with, um, with something. And uh, they got um, complaints, even complaints from 40 and 50 years ago. So the main complaints, all the, um, the extensions were Kwasi uh, Zabantu is a place where children are abused, uh, referring to virginity testing and uh, corporal punishment, which ended, by the way, before democracy. Uh, I was also in many schools where, where, where I was a victim of, of um, corporal punishment. So I know all about that. And then also a place where women are raped. That, those, those were some of the allegations. There were so many, and I don't want to give away all the secrets of the book. I want people to read that. But like I said, with each and every report, it just grew and grew, and it, it, it got so absurd. Uh, conspiracy theories and all sorts of nonsense. So basically, in a nutshell, what happened, if I'm following, is that over the 50 years or so, as the mission grew, a few bad eggs appeared, as any big operation would would experience, right? And those, and then of, some of, of course, those, because there are yeah. sorry, there are thousands of people visiting Kwasi's Ubuntu per year. Just with the the youth conferences, you can say at least on average 10,000 per year. So sum it up it's a lot of people visiting but what are the accusations are they saying that the the governing body of Kwasi the family are they themselves involved in some of this stuff that's what they said but that's not what my uh, research dig up um, they blamed everything that happened on Kwasi specifically on Erlo Stegen and his 
um, uh, management. Some of the current management was not even born when some of the so-called incidents happened. They were not even part of the management team, the current, I'm talking about the youngsters who are now part of um, the management team. Uh, so um, most of the allegations, there was an allegation of a so-called rape that happened more than 36 years ago. When I did my research, that particular incident happened on a farm far away from Kwasis Abantu, but Alice Stegen was, was blamed for that. There was also um, uh, a, a rape, a so-called rape that was reported, and the so-called victim, soon after the first um, news reports were published, she retracted a claim, and she claimed that she was, uh, to use her own words, manipulated by the conspirators to tell people and to um, uh, put it in the affidavit that she was raped to help others. That's Those are her own words. Uh, and then there's Louise Pretorius. She's the niece of the News 24 um, main information, uh, information person, uh, source of information. News 24, by the way, called her the whistleblower. Uh, Louise was apparently held hostage at Kwasi Sabantu and they, because she was accused of being a Satanist. I've met with Louise six times. I had several discussions with her, interviews with her. Her story didn't change once. And to tell you the truth, I've even, to make sure that my facts are correct, I have attended her wedding on, on Louise's invitation in July. She's now with her husband at Kwasi Zabandu. That doesn't happen if you held against your will at a place like that. So there were so many, Jeremy, so many of those stories. Virginity testing was never, ever done by Arlo Stegen or his management team. Remember, Kwasi Zabandu operate, operates within a Zulu culture. So many of the Zulu parents living at Kwasi Sabantu, when their uh, daughters go away for a weekend or whatever the case might be, I wasn't there, they would do virginity testing because it's part of the culture of um, the Zulu people. But it's not done now. Those are old cultures, um, uh, the old, old things that happened there. But it's still part of the Zulu culture, I think. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I was told there are still parents out there that does the same thing. Uh, but not at Kwasi Sabantu, uh, in terms of Adler Stegen say, saying uh, we're going to do these tests. Corporal punishment uh, um, was, as you know, in the old days, in apartheid years before democracy, it was all over the place. Even, even the courts would for um, juvenile with instructed corporal punishment. Um, uh, but Kwasi Zabantu ended that, and it's all documented. I saw the documents, it's all documented. Uh, the media could have um, verified the fact. They stopped with it um, two, three years before it was officially ended by law. Just to be clear, when you talk about mainstream media, we're actually only referring to News 24 because the editor, Arjun Basson, appears to have an agenda against Kwasi Zabantu. If I'm correct, if I'm correct, he published in one week over 30 bad news articles about them, and I think in total around about 140 or 150. I've, I've, um, in, in my research, I had to go through 170 all in all negative articles but the, the rest of the mainstream they also published some some stuff but they've just quoted adrian basson adrian basson was so part of this whole smear campaign that was started by um uh, uh, we will get to nose week later um the, the, the smear campaign that was started by um uh, opportunistic i call them opportunistic family members who wanted to take over Kwasi Sabantu. They started the smear campaign and Adrian Basson was dragged into it. He even went uh, publicly to say, don't buy uh, Aquila water to the public. I appeal to you, don't buy Aquila water because if you do that, you support a cult, which was totally nonsense. But um, 
he was so involved. He even wrote the foreword of a book, a negative book about Kwasi Sabantu. He, he appeared with the instigators on social media, on, on mainstream media. Remember, News 24 is just one part of the bigger media 24. So they have You magazine, they have Heisgenoot, they have television programs. Um, Kierpunt, I think, is the name of, of the one. Um, so, so they have the power and they have the platforms to make it look like it's so many problems at Kwasi Zabantu, but in the end, what I've discovered, it was the same old stories of so-called rapes 40 years ago that was just repeated and repeated and repeated in the most sensationalized language, emotional language. And that was my interest. My interest was not on, was there a rape? Was there this? Was there that? Um, uh, uh, I, I looked specifically about how News24 reported on untested information. That was what it was all about for me. Has Arjun Basson or any of his journalists from Media24 been to Kwasi Zabantu? Arjun Basson was invited numerous times. Um, interestingly, he has sent two of his young female journalists to visit Kwasi Zabantu. Remember, he is the one that said, this is a cult, this is a place where women are raped. But he has sent two of his journalists to go to Kwasi Sabanto. But he was invited numerous times, he didn't attend. I will never write about anything or anybody if I haven't met that person in, uh, 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 that person or the organization myself and visited it. And he also was invited by the independent panel who investigated it to participate in the process and he refused to do that. So if you are a, um, a, a, an editor interested in the truth, you will never ever uh, not reject any invitation to verify your facts. That's a number, good one thing of good journalism, ethical journalism. Yes, but let me add to that. He's not just an editor, he's an editor of the largest news outlet in South Africa. And in fact, his influence is, his influence is so big that when he yeah. campaigned against Aquile, the bank stopped funding the, the yes. construction yes. of the factory and it and it yes. knocked their it knocked their profits by about sixty percent for two or three months. Am I correct? You're correct. And they took the the produce and the water off the shelves, I think for around a month or two with um, tremendous financial impact on Kwasi Sabantu. But remember, he's the editor-in-chief. He's not an ordinary editor. He's, he's a big, ed he's a big, big voice. The instigators reported um, the money laundering issue to, to several, several organizations, including SARS, etc. They couldn't find anything. So then they went to the media. And after the media launched, uh, after News24, launched their exodus campaign against Kwasi Sabantu, which was quite quite extensive. An independent panel, and I just have to look at the names now, I can't remember the names of, uh, oh, Advocate Kumba Shasi and Attorney Peter Lamotte. They are very reputable um, legal uh, practitioners. They investigated uh, the, the, the mission and they found nothing. And um, uh, what they what they reported on in their in the, the report is was definitely a smear campaign. Uh, they questioned the credibility of the the sources of information, and also uh, that News Twenty Four knowingly or unknowingly gave substance to a smear campaign. There was also independent auditor. Uh, they found no evidence of any money laundering or a missing millions, as they called it. Um, and they said it was only gossiping. Uh, the, the, it was a loan that was properly declared to SARS. Then there was the CRL Commission. The CRL Commission stands for Cultural, Religion and Linguistics um, Rights Commission. They investigated the, the mission for almost three years. And they found that Kwasi Zabantu was not a cult. By the way, the chairperson said the media abuse the word cult. 
Then most importantly, there was Nosebeek. Nosebeek um, wrote two articles about the case in Kwasi Saban in 2021 after the News, News 24 campaign. They found, and I want to read it, that the News 24 Exodus campaign was based on gossip and truth, basically a smear campaign run, run by disgruntled former workers and family members who wanted to take over the, min, the mission and its lucrative businesses. Nosebeek also suggested that the editor-in-chief of News 24 had an agenda with the media campaign. They basically said that there was no, there were no rapes at Kwasi Sabantu, but the mission was raped by the media. And then I did my own research. I did not only rely on all these um, authentic documentation. I did my own research and I found, like I said, the rape victims um, retracted the claim. Another one, there was more questions and answers to that one. Uh, one of the rapes uh, happened more than 36, it's now 40 years since I restarted my research at the farm far away from Kwasi Zabantu. Why that was included um, in the Exodus campaign, I wouldn't know. Um, and then I told you about the hostage drama, Louise Pretorius, who said that's lies. Her aunt blatantly lie about her being held ca uh, captive. And then, interesting, the conspirators started to turn against each other. Something that usually happens in something like this. One of the insiders sent a message to um, one of the trustees at Kwasitabant to warn her against the takeover. And there's lots of evidence of that. The wife of one of the conspirators did exactly the same. And then the main source of the information, and I start my book with that. She uh, came to a census and she provided an 18-page affidavit in which she claimed she was paid 30,000 rand for an affidavit and that the Mike Bollas investigating team approved the payment, which is also unethical, as you know, to pay somebody for an affidavit. And the affidavit was all to tarnish the image of uh, Lydia Dubé, one of the trustees, Erlo Stegen and the mission in general. And an, a very interesting thing, it also came out that she was promised her claims was that she was promised a million rand to come with stories and all the stories in the media are fabricated by her. She's in jail now, isn't she? She's in jail, yeah. Um, because uh, the her financier, the, the, the person who promised her the million rand started to pay and then he stopped paying because he asked for evidence. So that obviously they couldn't provide the, op the the evidence, so he stopped paying. And then by gunpoint, she held she and a few others held him captive, and that is why she's in jail now, because of the armed robbery issue. When you refer to the missing millions, that's a phrase that's been used a lot. What sort of numbers are we talking, yeah. and and what actually happened? That also grew over time. It started off with 30 million or so, and I think it's now around 46 million. But it was money loaned through proper channels. Remember, because it's about uh, uh, money laundering is when you use uh, money, um, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Um, money that, uh, that's got a, you know, that's not very, very fresh. Uh, and you use that money, but Kwasi Sabantu loaned their own money, which was generated from Aquile to a certain person. And the Hawks are still, well, they were, they were scoundreled out of the money, basically. And the Hawks are still investigating that thing because there's a court case coming about that. And also, obviously, about other civil cases coming about uh, criminal injuria and those sort of things against certain people. Sorry, you said a, a 46 million or something, but the Nose Week story talks about 140 million. Yes, you're right. It's 140. I've got my numbers incorrect. 140, yeah. Chat to me a little bit about Nose Week and why does Nose Week matter? Nose Week matter, matter a lot for different reasons. In my research, Nose Week is... Um, well, first, first of all, they're independent. Okay, so that says a lot. Uh, they are not paid 
to write nice stories or bad stories about people for the wrong reasons. Um, they are the only media outlet that I could find in three years that did proper research. Firstly, by visiting the media, the the Quasis Ubuntu mission, mission uh, interviewing all stakeholders and role players and so forth, working through the documents. They've verified and re-verified the facts. Um, they most importantly gave Quasis Ubuntu a fair right of reply, a fair one. News24 sent them a lot of questions, but uh, those questions uh, are so complicated, it will take you a year just to answer them. So uh, all in all, um, Nosewick is also known as being a reputable um, uh, magazine, investigative magazine. And um, what's the name of, of the editor again? Uh, I've got it here. Martin, Martin, Martin Wells. Wells. Martin Wells. He is also known as a, a very ethical um, editor. What about other media outlets? Like I said, they have mostly quoted Adrian Bosson or they held interviews with him. So he had been given so many platforms to repeat his so-called findings, which, by the way, was based on, I think, six or seven affidavits, okay? <laughs> which the, in, uh, the independent panel questioned all of them, okay? And based on six months of investigating uh, investigation during COVID, during the pandemic, okay? So he based his whole extensive, almost three-year campaign on those elements. And Newsweek did far more with the two articles that they have published. And by the way, in the book, I describe it in two or three chapters. Adrian Basson was too close to his sources. He even wrote a foreword mm. um, for his whistleblower to get her experiences out. That's that's not on. It is an incredibly complicated web. So I just want to summarize yeah. what what I think I'm, I'm understanding thus far, Gerd, if you don't mind. So Quasis Ubuntu is an evangelical Christian mission that's based on the Bible, and it it evangelizes to the Zulu communities around the area. Over time, it grew and grew and grew into a self-sustaining operation where it would help the, the people around to grow their own food and to become self-reliant. The Quasis Ubuntu has since become completely self-sufficient in most respects. And over the years, there have been some allegations and possibly some bad uh, behavior that's not necessarily endorsed or from the family itself, yes. but, from, but from individuals over time. Who, yes. then have go who then have gone to the media and sensationalized and blown up everything uh, to try and bring down uh, the name of Quasis Ubuntu and, of course, its, its, um, its governing family and then the people around it. And then on top of that, you've got internal family members who see lots of money moving around and now want to take over the operation. Is, is that correct, kind of? Well, that's in a nutshell. And, but the, the book explain and yes. provide evidence for that, obviously. Um, it's full of evidence. It's full of uh, footnotes. You're absolutely 100% correct. And News24 jumped in there because during COVID, uh, they um, started a paywall. And you know, if you have a paywall, you have to um, get more subscribers. And they saw this smear campaign as a scoop of a lifetime. They, they, they've even been awarded for this nonsense. They've even been awarded for that, which is also unethical. And we, uh, uh, that's my next, my next book will probably go about that. Um, so uh, you've, you've got it right. Quasis Ubuntu throughout, they remained um, uh, very graceful. They, they continued with the work uh, that they've been doing. Um, they, um, the, the founder, like we said, he did pioneering work on so many 
levels over the years in community. But the current managers, the younger generation is carrying on with the work. They created a blueprint. I've got to tell you that they created a blueprint as far as I'm concerned for agriculture, which all agriculture organizations uh, in South Africa can, can, can learn from. Um, they will continue to expand their water bottling plants. Um, they will continue with the sweet peppers and everything. There's already plans for expansion on that. They will continue giving back to the community as they've done for so many years. They will continue to uplift the community in which they operate because Alice uh, uh, loved the Zulu nation really in, on a very deep level. And remember, that was his calling. And he was up until now, since he was 17 years, I didn't even know what I was supposed to do when I was 17 years old. So he started with his ministry when he was 70 years old. He's now in his late um, 80s. He's never gone off the track with regards to that. And Kwasi um, Zabonto will not allow his legacy to be tarnished. So they will continue with the work. I've been there a couple of times now. And... In my personal experience, absolutely nothing that News24 has said is is true to life. Absolutely, and, and I agree with you. I've been there more than you've been there, more than 10 times. The first time I went there, I stayed in the guest house and I asked them to take me around just to get a bird's eye view of what's going on there. After that, when I, when I asked, by the way, I've asked the management team if I can use this case study um for my book um and I've, after i've decided to do the book i stayed at one of the missionary houses far away from the management team i hardly ever see them when i'm there so i could talk to anybody i would walk uh, they've got a co coffee shop as you know so i would walk from the house to the coffee shop have my coffee there do my research there and there's many many people people from the local area and also the missionaries and some of the workers and i would just you know ask somebody please come here can we can i talk to you how long have you been there blah 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 it was not scheduled my meetings were not scheduled so um i'm confident that if there were anything people say but are a rookie in afrikaans they say what are a rookie is a figi i promise you there's no fire as far as i'm concerned with regards to quasi sabantu the family there, the Stegans, uh, Erlo Stegan and the family there, the trustees, the people are doing excellent work there. But there are people out there that want to push it down. What is their relationship like with the Zulu Kingdom? Wow, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, especially the previous king, there's, uh, because it's in the heart of Zululand, obviously you have to have a good relationship with the Zulu kingdom, not only with the Zulu kingdom. I mean, Prince Butelezi, uh, the last youth conference that I have uh, attended as part of my research, um, uh, Prince Butelezi, I was, I was privileged to see him. And, you know, he, he was so frail then, but his message was so powerful. And he had a deep, deep love for uh, the the for Alice Stegan and his family and for Cosis Zabonto because of the work they're doing in the community. I mean, where's government in all of this? Where's all the other support? Where's News Twenty Four and Media Twenty Four with their outreaches? With I couldn't find any. I couldn't find. I was looking for outreach programs. They are so rich and they're so powerful. Um, we even demonstrated in front in Cape Town in front um, me and a group of others uh, against unethical uh, journalism uh, in front of the building. It's a huge building. Where are they in uplifting the community? Where are they in reaching out to the communities? I couldn't find any evidence of that. But now they want to destroy this mission based on a smear campaign. Um, you know, if you're an editor. You write for the bigger, um, for, for the good of the bigger public. In this case, it was a small group of people's um, private agendas that were that were um, advanced. Why do you think the media hates them so much? In my book, I explored a few agendas. I would I would like my reader to go there. I've also explored the Christian agenda. 
I've also explored personal gain agenda. I've also explored the agenda of having a scoop, whether it's true or not. Uh, especially if you, you're looking for awards all the time. News 24, is they like their awards. So they have, um, they, they've presented this campaign to so many organizations in search of an, an award. So then that in itself could be an agenda. But I've explored different agendas uh, inside the book, and I really would love my readers to mm. decide for themselves. Let me let me rephrase my question and and give you my opinion. What I'm suggesting is that if you in South Africa are Christian, white, and you support traditional values like they do, you're, you're going to become a target. Absolutely, there's so many, so many onslaughts on Christianity nowadays, I can mention a lot. This is just one of the extreme cases, but there are so, so many. Frontline mission is another one. Um, and, and, and an interesting thing that I also explored in my book, if I may, Jeremy, if you say something good about Kwasi Sabantu, then you become the target, like I am the target now. Um, Prince Butulesi was the target of the media and of the conspirators uh, on social media because he's been there. The, prim the, the previous premier of KwaZulu-Natal, he also became a target because he was there. Um, Reverend, Reverend Meshwe was also a target because he preached there. But at the same time, they say Kwasi Zabantu is a cult. But if there's another preacher from another denomination preaching there, they target him as well. Because nobody is allowed to say anything good about Kwasi Zabantu, then you become the target. You will probably be the next target. You know that some accusations will come your way um, in the form of... Yes. Gerda, you wrote this book because you are being paid by Kwasi Zabantu to do it. I can show them I've paid for the book. And by the way, I was so blessed. All the money that I've put into the book is already paid back uh, to me because of sales. We're busy uh, printing some more. Uh, we're busy um, translating it into Isuzulu. We're busy... Um, uh, translating it into, into German. Yes, you're absolutely true. Even the independent panel, everybody that's having a good word or do the right thing, they are being accused of being paid by Kwasi Sabantu, which in most cases um, isn't true. What do you think comes next? For Kwasi Sabantu, like I said, they will continue with the work. Um, interesting enough, um, most of the questions that I have received from, from my readers of the book, they all want to know more about Kwasi Sabantu. And I would really love to uh, Kwasi Sabantu to invite everybody, which they've done, they're open. You can go on the website www.ksb.org and you can ask them to go there and you will be you will be welcomed. Uh, they will even, if you fly there, they will even go and collect you from from the, from the airport. Um, they will continue with the work. Uh, nobody's going to to let them down because what I saw with my eyes, God is is, is surely um, at work there. And you know, the devil and his, like we say in Afrikaans, his travante will not will not succeed. Um, I also I also urge your um, your viewers. To, to watch the new videos, the Newsweek uh, videos, which was released a week or two ago, Revelation, how News24 got it wrong. Because that's also independent. Uh, that's also based on good research. And it puts everything, the book, the book is very complicated. It took me more than a year to figure out where must I start and where must I end and who's who in the zoo and all those things. Like you, sell, you yourself said, it's very complicated. There were so many accusations. I didn't even discuss all the accusations in my book because I found it unnecessary. I only focused on News 24 because it was so complicated. But uh, I would really urge your viewers to go there. I can give you the link to all four videos. And I heard that there's a fifth one coming soon, which will be very interested, interesting. 
Um, but to to um, to answer your question, what is next for Kwasi Sabantu? Is just to get the word out as much as I can, to have a PR program, because that was their biggest issue. The public, when all these things happened, Kwasi Sabantu don't boast about their work. They don't say, you know, we did this and we, we're doing that and blah, 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 because they say it's God's work. It's not our work. But I, I, I'm, I'm in the process to convince them that they must start with a good uh, PR program. For instance, a good documentary about their work to put it into perspective so that people have something to measure them uh, by. Um, that's definitely a good PR program, crisis management program that I would suggest to them. But uh, in the meantime, they continue with the work. Like I'm saying, uh, in December, they're celebrating 50 years of the of the youth conference 50 years it's a it's a hell of a lot of youth conferences the the, the logistics are tremendous but they work like a well-oiled machine mm. so yeah in a nutshell they will continue with the work which Adlo Stegen was called to do because they see them as continuing his work. Remember, he's in his late eighties. He's very frail. He can't even defend himself. So, in terms of the conspirators' timing, it's the best time now to to attack him and his mission because he can't defend himself. And by the way, how do you prove something that did not happen? It's impossible. So they just continue with the work. Well, I will say, if they are a cult, then we need more cults like them. Yes, I agree with that. I think I will start one, I'll use their blueprint because it's the best blueprint for, for a, a sustainable mission that I've <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> well, you can call it a cult. I prefer to call it a mission. And by the way, the, the chairperson of uh, CRL said, the word cult is actually not a bad word. He said that, not me, the word cult, but obviously it was it was meant to be negative. It was meant to paint them as cultish. It was meant to paint them as these abusers and whatnot. I only saw happy children mm. there running around safely, um, running around there, enjoying life. Uh, old people, I saw them walking around, still walking, working and in, in, in the re re real world out there, if you, you're 65, like I'm over that, you have to retire. At Kwasi Zabantu, they use your skills, they use your experience. So one one of the ladies there, Elsa Bosman, she received her doctorate in education last year. She 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 worked at the Cedar College as an educator. You not when you when you're old they 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 still celebrate and use your experience and your expertise and your knowledge uh, to better the mission the people are fantastic and you can clearly see where news 24 gets it wrong like the barbed wire accusations that's literally yes. along the along the side of their of yes. their landing strip yes yes i actually took pictures i was looking for the barbed wire and I ask um, everybody, please show me that barbed wire what they said that keeps people in and, and the outside out. And it was this thing, this, I don't know, one feet, two feet, what would you say? This small thing, what was, which was actually put there to put plants for the wind firstly and uh, next to the airstrip to, to keep it safe. You know, those, those sort of nonsense that happened there. And also that was the, supposedly happened there. And and also the actual entrance of Kwazizabantu. It's not this tight compound <laughs> military type security. It's just yes. a boom gate. Yes. <laughs> yes, you you can walk to the shop. You can walk to the coffee shop. You can walk to the shop mm. to 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 purchase um, groceries and stuff. Which, by the way, is at cost price. It's it's so low, and that's for the community. I I actually bought. For my grandchild, I bought some school um, um, stuff there because it's so cheap there. But I could uh, could have walked out of the mission anytime. This, the, the obviously there's a security, and you have to come in and they take your 
um, they take take your um, car's registration number, but that's for security purposes. That's normal. I mean, we live in South Africa. Hello, but this thing of you know, I was expecting when I first uh, first went there, I was expecting people with guns, and now I'm going to held hostage and being raped and all that nonsense that's blown up in the media, which is untrue. In terms of the negative stories and the the personal accounts that are not good about Kwasi Zabantu that you often see, you'll receive an email or you'll see a message online. How should those be approached? Well, in the first place, Kwasi Zabantu don't go on social media, which I think is wrong. They should have somebody uh, tending to those things. Uh, they can upgrade their website a little bit as well. And that's one of the suggestions that I will do to them. But when it, when it gets to the book, uh, I try obviously because I'm on um, the the book is also on Goodreads, so I'm now on four point five. I also want you please to to because you've read the book just to review it. So the three ones that I've got is from the conspirators. You can clearly see their agenda, and it's not only e even a review in the book. It's about it's just personal nonsense. You know, it's not a review in the book. You're supposed to do a review in the book. It's a good book or not a good book, and why. So um, those things, on specifically to the book, I try to to reply it. But there are just so many many out there because some people I've read yesterday that the average person spends ten hours. Can you believe it? Per day on social media. I don't have that time. I really life is going on. I've got grandchildren to take take care of and 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 stories to write and a book to 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 um to promote because i've i've got a few interviews coming up now uh, with regards to the book so uh, i can't be on social media all the time but in terms of questions about i've asked them why don't you take these people to court they've got more important things to do and that is to take care of the community these things drain you it's negative um uh focus it's it's ne negative uh, efforts that you put into that uh, a life is more valuable than that how can i get your book and follow your work i will definitely send you a document that you can upload uh, there but at the moment you can get it from christian um liberty books in cape town and um what is this online amazon you can get it there you can get it on goodreads and like i said we're busy with uh, with uh, some more printings and I will keep you updated so you can tell your viewers. And obviously, they can drop me an email, editor at devotedmag.co.za. Gerda Porchita, thank you so much for joining me in the trenches. Oh, thank you. It was a wonderful experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.